0: I'm joined by Dr. Michael Brown, the Senior Minister of Marble Collegiate Church. One of the most renowned congregations in New York City, the birthplace of the power of positive thinking by Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, who used to be a pastor at that church. And it is one of the oldest Protestant organizations in North America that's in continuous service. Now, Dr. Brown has served as a consultant to the Broadway play Grace. He's preached two ABC holiday specials and has served as a preacher for the Protestant Hour radio program. He even has his own podcast, so he's moving into this digital world. He joins us today to discuss how the modern church has evolved, the power of positive thinking, and business lessons from the church. Yes, I'm talking about business lessons and how we should be grounded in faith or should we be grounded in faith. So let's talk about that right now. Welcome, Dr. Brown. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazelet. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. You know, Dr. Brown, the first question I've got to ask you, because I didn't know the church was as old as it is, and it really goes back to 1628. Does that does that weigh into your mind every single week when you're walking the halls?
1: I do think about it. We we have uh, down on the concourse level uh, portraits of clergy who have served here since way back when. I'll stand and I'll look at those faces and think, what kind of a world did you live in? And and at this church what kind of a world did they help fashion but yeah there's a real sense of history yeah when you and, think it um, was
0: what dutch west india company was organized by the dutch west india company i mean that's way back yeah. when it was new york was new amsterdam
1: that's what it was, New Amsterdam, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Dude, which, yeah, which, when you watch and see those portraits, because I'm a big believer in history. and Of course, I know one of the most famous pastors there outside of yourself, of course. And I've come huh. to the services. I listen. I love your message. I love your, you know, I'm and I'm also a uh, a speaker. So I love to listen to great preachers preach because of the cadence that you have and the way in which you tell your stories and and Thank i do you. find i will tell you uh, dr brown find your your messages very inspirational but but one of those people is that i find inspirational was back in your history of church was norman vincent peel yeah. and and so when you walk the halls is is it his ghost that's speaking to you or is it or is it some of the others
1: well there are a lot of ghosts here <laughs> that are speaking but peels Peel occupies a lot of that space, yeah. And then there's Arthur Calandra and David Burrell and Daniel Poling. A lot of, of a lot of rock stars of of uh, clergy pastor were here. But yeah, I think I think Peel probably uh, among them all would be the one with the most name recognition globally, uh, probably because of the power of thinking.
0: Well, and I want to talk about that, and later I want to get into more of the business of the church because, you know, you guys are a fairly big entity, and I want to see how you're using some of the new techniques, you know, because I tend to watch you on streaming when my daughter is singing there at the church because I admit right off the bat she's in the choir, and I've, of course I've been to the, to the church many times. But when we think about the power of positive thinking, do you use some of those principles in the way in which you, you approach things?
1: Well oh, I do, and, uh, and I think that um, society does in a, in a variety of ways, not just in the world of religion or motivational speaking or anything, but uh, uh, even it can, in contemporary terms in neuroscience. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole world of neuroscience is beginning now to say that you can recircuit your brain so that if you are fundamentally dissatisfied with your life, Uh, you can literally scientifically think your way into being a new you, which is, you know, Pill used to talk about um, uh, that. As a matter of fact, one of his quotes that I remember was um, practice positive and helpful thinking because the repetition of the same thought develops into a habit, uh, which frequently becomes an automatic reflex. Well, he didn't know about neuroscience, but he was he was already there. Yeah, he because was now there. He was near oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, he was decades. there. Well, I thought Proverbs was there, you know, said, as people think in their hearts, so they are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we use that. Um, Peel used to say, you can if you think you can. Well, biblically, that's that's not even a half step away from Paul to the Philippians. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in, in the convergence of, of biblical study and theology and neuroscience and just practical living— um, there's a lot of what he did and taught that uh, that we find uh, still pertinent and applicable and that we use yeah
0: do you you know you go in and out of that when you bring up proverbs and and so many other verses in your normal day which you would expect as a minister but do you find yourself continually in the conversations that you have you know is that so natural to you in terms of the way in which you deliver that
1: probably you know I've, I've spent well over 40 years with it as part of my not just my faith wall but my profession day by day and so yeah those are the lessons that that i study and wrestle with and um whatever your discipline is you've you've got a a guidebook you know yeah, whatever exactly. you, you've got this this encyclopedia of, of something that that inspires and informs and directs you and so for me uh, biblical studies would be there so yeah I, the language comes pretty naturally for
0: me i tell people in business all the time in fact i had a conversation with a young man this weekend about his faith and, you know, in his faith of just as I can't take the Bible literally, I can't take it, you know, example by example. And I said, well, you really don't have to do that, but let's talk about it. But I tell people it, it's important for you to have that grounding with, you know, in yeah. no matter what your religion is, quite frankly, as long as you have a, a founded um, a grounding, that's, that's pretty important for people today, isn't
1: it? It really is. And, you know, if you can, t- whether or not you can take, Scripture, and let's just say in the Judeo-Christian heritage, the, the uh, Hebrew scriptures, we call it Old Testament, Torah, or the New Testament. You know, whether or not you take it literally really is not that crucial. As a matter of fact, uh, if we try to make the Bible a book of science or history, we've reduced it. We, we've minimalized it. It's a book of faith and uh, inspiration and poetry and principle. You know, can I find the principles in this book that make sense for me in living and help me to find a, a more meaningful and authentic life? That That's where I think mean, the rubber hits the road. You know, who cares whether or not how big Noah's boat was or, yeah, <laughs> or whether right. Jonah was swallowed by a whale or a grouper or nothing at all? Right. Do we find the truth behind the story so that's what counts
0: yeah and can you take the story and apply it in your everyday life or indeed even into yeah. your business quite frankly I, you know uh, it's you know sometimes people question about the things they need to do right you know whether you look for the bible to give you that or just you know that's just where you should be grounded you know sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to come up with these ethical things that are going to raise every single day and it's good to have a grounding or at least a basis for which you can you know a book to refer to so
1: <laughs> like we know even the way we started as a nation, I mean, if you look at somebody like Benjamin Franklin, uh, Benjamin Franklin was quick to say he did not really have a passionate personal faith uh-huh. and was also quick to add, but I think that the principles of the Christian faith are the surest principles upon which to build a nation. So, you know, he was saying... Yeah, I don't know about all the stuff I read in the Bible, and I don't know about theology, and I don't know what I believe about God or any of the rest. He's probably a deist. Uh, but But I think there's some principles here that I okay. can apply patriotically or in business or in human relationships that are strong as any principles I find anywhere.
0: You know, it's interesting because he was also one of the biggest philanderers that you could possibly, <laughs> adulterers as well. He, he was uh, quite the man, if I have to say, if, uh, not the, the best role model. He was very colorful, wasn't he? <laughs> he, was he was colorful. He was very co- uh, if you read some of yeah. his biographies. well, Speaking of colorful, let me take a quick break because it, I know it, it takes hard work and sweat, tear, sweat and tears to become a successful entrepreneur, but that doesn't mean you can't have help along the way. We're just talking about help and being able to have some inspiration. But another inspiration is to pick up a double shot of a Dunkin' Espresso every single morning. I actually picked up a quad this morning to help me make it through the challenges of running my own business. So whether you're an entrepreneur or CEO, uh, hey, even a CEO, hey, even a preacher, you know, Dunkin's there for you, and America and all business, whichever Jeffrey it run on
1: Dunkin'. Are you, are
0: you a coffee drinker, Dr. Brown?
1: I am, but you know what just occurred to me? If you had to get a quadruple shot, you must have been thinking, "I have fallen asleep in some of his sermons." <laughs> you know, I don't think you would fall asleep. A, I, you know, I got to tell you, I am going to just take a <laughs> dose of caffeine for this podcast. Oh no, you know, not at all.
0: I, I will tell you that I, I, I start bringing a sheet of paper with me when I listen to you and the other preachers because you guys have such a great history of, of storytelling. And oh, I, I'm telling you, it's I. you know, look, I grew up in the South, and I grew up all over the country. My father was in the Air Force. You mentioned your dad was in the, the Army Air Corps, lived in South Dakota mm-hmm. at one time. And I yeah. lived up grow, listening to great preachers, speakers, you know, even Jerry Clower, you know, if you remember him, Mouth of the South. Oh,
1: he was hilarious. Yeah. Oh,
0: hilarious, yeah. you know. And, and, hilarious. And, and I think you have that same kind of – same kind of cadence and same kind of delivery Now you you've had to change. I mean for instance, you've, you've got television and radio now as much as the internet that helps make your services more acceptable right?
1: Not acceptable yeah, we, accessible uh, accessible
0: they're acceptable accessible,
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether they're acceptable or not yes uh, and and you're right uh, Jeff there's there's uh, there's an audience beyond the people I'm looking at. That now is more numerous than the people I'm looking at. We have good attendance in the building of this church, but now we know that that for everybody sitting in front of me, looking at me, there are three or four times that many who are accessing us uh, on laptops. Yeah. Plus, yeah, we're, on, we're we're on TV in the tri-state area here. But so, yeah, I'm, I'm I have an audience that I don't see, uh, but they choose us as their church, and that's. That's fascinating. Uh it's, it's just incredible to think you know, I was in seminary 100 years ago, we talked about the great commission and go ye into all the world with this story, but that basically meant send missionaries out somewhere. Mm-hmm. But now, heck, every Sunday I'm I'm literally unable to do that because of uh live streaming. It's wild. And, yeah,
0: and what have you had to learn that way? I mean, in terms of, the I mean, you, you go to school, you learn, you know, learn theology, you learn the different pieces that you have to have in terms of your, uh, of the, the, the message. But what have you had to learn about that side of the business? I mean, business people are doing this every day. I mean, they used to be able to send out a mailing, right? And the newsletter, and now they've got to worry about social media. You got to
1: post on Twitter, oh, you got to oh.
0: Instagram. What, what, did, what have you had to learn?
1: Several things. Well, you know, just mechanically, uh, I've had to learn that when I am preaching on Sunday mornings, uh, I need to take those people seriously. And, and in whatever style I have to include the meaning that uh, I need occasionally to look at those cameras while I'm preaching as yeah. opposed to just looking at the people in the pews uh, so that, you know, so they feel like they're in an extended pew Uh Another is that I've had, had to, to train myself to realize that the people who are now listening may not uh, have access to the same sort of biblical or theological vocabulary that I always just assumed the folks in church on Sunday morning had. Because they come every week, and you know, you, they're exposed to that, and so you figure, okay, I can throw out a reference here, a reference there, they'll know what I'm talking about. But when I have people who are tuning in from all over the country and all over the world, and maybe didn't grow up in church and frequently didn't, and don't speak that vocabulary, I have to be very careful that when I I say something, I do so in a way that makes it accessible to those hearers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I also, I'm I'm still learning on this one that that I need to be careful. in the, in the smallest of details, a quick example, uh, yesterday I, I was preaching a sermon, as Christ the King Sunday, around the world. I was preaching a sermon basically saying, uh, if we are to take the title, if we are to claim to believe in him, that that demands that we take what he taught seriously. You can't just say, oh yeah, I love Jesus, and then reject every principle and every teaching and every ethical code. So uh, I wanted to lift up a voice that, that holds us accountable, a voice from beyond our community who says, hey, I'm watching you Christians, and I know you talk about this Jesus guy and all the love and all the righteousness, but that's not what I always see in you. So I, I titled the sermon Bill Maher and Jesus, oh. and I was not to crit- critique yeah. or criticize Bill Maher. Actually, I lifted him up as, as, you know, we need to listen to these voices that say to us, if you're going to say you believe it, show it to me the way you live. Well, anyway, uh, somebody sent him a picture of the signboard out front of the church with the sermon title, and he put it on Facebook, and it got like over 20,000 hits, or likes, they mm. call it, mm-hmm. and the comments, a lot of people were just, just uh, telling him to sue me. I, I would me imagine, or, yeah, I, I would say
0: they were livid, oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, they were livid. They thought that I was a raging fundamentalist who was going to attack him and that yeah. I was this right wing, uh, and actually, you know, if, if they had listened, they would probably send me a thank you note, because I basically said, we need to take seriously people who Look at us and say, "Are you willing to live what you say you believe?" Uh, but, but yeah. So I have to be careful, even picking a sermon title. Yeah, yeah. That that it's something that doesn't detract from what the real message is, or send people off in some direction that has nothing to do, you know, with what I. So I'm learning. I'm yeah. learning this this uh, this social media and and live streaming world, and it's it's different than the world I've done my ministry in for most of my ministry.
0: Well, I'm going to circle back on that. Let me take another break real quick, and I want to talk about Liberty Tax. And I want to get back to that because you also have to learn about clickbait, which is it's good to have Bill Maher as in the title because it does help to draw more attention. But and let's get back to that in a second. So, hey, it's officially and it's always tax season, and it's great to have the good folks at Liberty Tax on board at All Business. I love these guys, as I mentioned, over and over and over. 4,000 offices across North America. And, look, if you're looking for a good seasonal kind of business, uh, they have franchises for that. So you can get into it for just part of the season, which is kind of cool. And you can take courses there. Uh, I took a couple courses because I, I like to keep up on what's going on because it's always changing. As a business person, I want to know um, what I can do and what, especially what I can't do because I don't want to get in trouble. So, so add another service to your business or just a great tax prep services look to Liberty welcome to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it so you you mentioned the things you learned so when you see the comments are you are you checking the feed are you looking at the uh facebook feed no i don't
1: uh, even do facebook i'm not on facebook but uh but our our marketing communication department here at the church is and uh and they very carefully track uh how people respond to, um, to our church Facebook account. Mm-hmm. I do, I do Twitter. That's the only one of those things that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, but yeah, we have a have a group of people who keep very careful check. And then we have a group of people in our, our broadcast and tele, uh, casting area that, uh, it's called Marble Vision. that keep a close track on how many people are watching us, um, online and where they are. And, uh, we're every every week we're having like 44, 45 states represented in thirty countries. It's it's uh it's astounding. No, oh, it's
0: a it's, it's impressive. a gift.
1: It's exciting. Yeah. It's impressive. It's exciting. It's yeah.
0: impressive. Do you do you just sit back and awe of it sometimes?
1: Yeah, I do. Hmm. I really do. Yeah, and sometimes I think Michael just don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? I mean, whether you you yeah. know,
0: as CEO of a company, I do the same thing. People, if, if they really knew. They would they would know that we're frauds to some extent. Or, you know, I don't want to mean you know that we are, but but what I mean is we're just as uh, nervous about it as everybody else is in terms of trying to well, figure stuff that. out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. In this house of you know the, historically the the house of positive thinking, uh, <laughs> not everybody knows it. every Sunday morning right before I step of the pulpit, I mean the moment before I'm having this this personal prayer moment where I'm saying. Yeah. Look, God, you got to do this. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't do this. You, you know, let me get out of your way. And you, yeah, yeah. We, we feel that. And if you take whatever you do seriously enough, you don't yeah. come in at it cavalierly. You
0: know. Well, it's like people will ask me, "So, what's the biggest mistake you've ever had, or what's the biggest accomplishment you've ever had in your life?" And I said, "I don't know. I haven't done it yet." Um. You know, me on both of those. Meaning, I've got bigger things to do. Um, yeah. You know, and bigger impacts to make. So, do you do you still get nervous getting up there?
1: Yeah, it's it's a kind of yeah, I do. Uh, a lot of it's that adrenaline rush because I love doing it. But yeah, I want. Sometimes people, frequently people, say, "What is Marble Church about?" And, and I always answer, "We're about two things. We're about honoring God and serving people." That's that's basically it. You put put that. That little formula there, you know who we are. And when I get up, I, I don't want to do anything that inadvertently uh, transgresses one of those principles. Mm. I want to honor God, and I want to serve people. Well, speak, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure I'm more than capable of messing up on either side, given the chance. So, well, I just think yeah, it goes to
0: show how original it is every time. You know what I mean? It's, it's not something that's over-rehearsed. It's not something that's just automatic, pro- programmatic. It's something that's new every time. And when you put your heart and your soul into it, it shows. And that's why it makes you nervous, or it makes me nervous. I do the same thing. I think that's correct. Hey, yeah. so this, this show's going to air on Thanksgiving week of 2016. What are some of the mm-hmm. ways that business leaders can give back to their communities, whether they're involved with a
1: faith-based program or not? Um, well, I think there's things that churches do, uh, that uh, churches do, that businesses do and can do. That um, that are incredibly helpful. Uh, one that I see, because in addition to church, I, I get involved with some not for profit um, agencies, and I frequently see businesses that do matching gifts. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, that's it's so, so important. It's a way of giving back, it's a way of saying, my company is not merely about how big it can get and how much money it can put. Uh, in the bank, which are there's yeah I'm not in any way denigrating that as as a business goal, but it always also says my my company is interested in making this place a better place uh and I think matching grants uh are exciting, I think they inspire people to donors to give more, yeah, because you know I can look and say, hey, my dollar's about to become two dollars." Yeah. So I've always thought that 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 one thing that businesses frequently do is, uh, as I said, it's not only helpful; it's inspirational. It, it, it doubles the output. I think that um, business owners who who deliver what they promise and who listen to their customers, uh, I, th- I think they they put into action some principles that inspire confidence and and um that's kind of a ripple in the pond thing maybe it it inspires some of the rest of us then to listen to others and um uh, and to make good on the things we promise
0: we uh, talked about we talked about grounding in faith now one of the people that i know that's been that's at, been at your church is the new president-elect donald trump in fact i think he was married in the church and one or two of his sons was married in that church is that correct i th-
1: i think so yeah. Yeah. he's yeah, I think I, I don't know him. Yeah, uh, I know that he had. He was. He has a history here. His parents were members. Yeah. Uh, he, as he says, uh, uh, he's always been a member of a, of a Presbyterian church in Astoria, mm-hmm. Queens. So, uh, uh, I, I just don't know him.
0: Well, what? But given that, and whether a business leader or you're a leader of the country, what would you, what advice would you give to either a business leader or you know even to Trump? About being grounded in faith for your business as a leadership role.
1: Well, I would say whether a person is a business leader or a politician, uh, in either of those arena, uh, there are certain principles that uh, from our faith that are right. I mean, they're just, whether you're a person of faith uh, or not. Uh, hopefully, you'll be a person of principle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I I trust business people who operate from the right set of principles. Uh, would be the same with political leaders in either party. So there, you know, there are certain things uh, uh, to to be honest, uh, to maintain integrity, to uh, to have a servant mentality, whether you're a business, whether you're a politician, to think, you know, I I work for the people who are my clientele. Mm -hmm. As a politician, that would be – I work for everybody in America, all colors, all ages, all uh, political affiliations, all everything. They're my constituency. They're my clients. I'm I'm here to make things better for them. Same thing in a business. Whoever walks through that door, uh, they're the reason the door stays open. So can I deal with them with fairness, with uh, uh, patience, and uh, try to deliver something that – that is worth what they're paying for. It, you know, that yeah, that will enhance their lives, I mean, and all of those are faith principles. Yeah, you know, as a Christian, Jesus talks about the way we treat one another, love your neighbors, yourself. Let your yay be yay and your nay nay. He talks about compassion and justice and honesty and uh, human relationships and forgiveness and uh, tolerance. So I think all those principles make sense, and all those principles make persons stronger. Whether they're business persons, political persons, or anything in between.
0: Yeah, it's well said. Well, let me take a, another break and then I want to come back and talk about your own podcast a little bit too because uh, you're, you've moved into this side of the business as well. So I want to talk about emails for a second. You're spending hours and hours sorting out what's important and what's not. I was in that spot until I found Sanebox. Sanebox intelligently sorts your emails so you can deal with the most important ones right away. So check out this time saver. It gives me hours a day to spend growing my own business at sanebox.com forward slash Hazlett, H-A-Y-Z-L-E-T-T. You, you've got a podcast called Practical Faith. It's a podcast aimed at offering practical advice on how faith can help us. Uh, with the questions, decisions, and complexities that we encounter every single day in our lives, so what are the things that you're covering, you know, in your podcast?
1: Well, we're we're new, we're so we're just getting started. I don't know; we've recorded eight or ten or whatever, and have some others scheduled. Uh, but uh, we've dealt with children's issues um, and uh, making the world a better, safer, saner place for children. Uh, we've dealt with uh, mission outreach that comes through faith agencies, uh, whether local like Habitat or global like our own South Africa initiative. Here, uh, we've been talking about um, trafficking and interrupting the mm. sex for sale industry.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Becca Stevens was one of my guests. Uh, she is one of CNN's ten heroes for uh, 2016, and she, you know, she's. Uh, originator of Thistle Farms this wonderful agency. Yeah. To interrupt that. We we've um Diana Gerson, a rabbi from the Board of Rabbis, was with me on a multi-faith relations thing. We've talked about spiritual versus religious. Um uh, what does the faith say to millennials? Uh the meaning of seasons, Thanksgiving, Advent. Uh yesterday I interviewed um opera singer Angela Brown, who is oh, what a voice. Oh my gosh. Uh, and also a person of deep faith about the relationship between faith and art, faith and song, uh-huh. that sort of thing. Uh-huh. So it's you know it crosses a, a pretty broad spectrum, but all of it at some point is um, is faith centered. What
0: so. What do you think is on the horizon for Marble Church now? You get all these changes. You guys have been doing, going through some construction projects, a lot of other activity. Yeah. So, what do you think? You got a podcast now. I mean, what what's next for you?
1: Pretty interesting. Well, you you said earlier that uh, the biggest mistakes and the biggest successes uh, you don't know what they are yet. They're still out yeah. there, and uh, I, there's a little bit of that in me. I I feel like. Uh, God has a plan for our church and for all uh, religious institutions and part of what I do as a pastor is try to help people discern what the plan is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now as you mentioned we've we've been involved with a lot of uh, building, just facility stuff and a lot of uh, virtual ministry and live streaming stuff so it's been taking a lot of our energy those are good things and we're, we're trying to figure out the the virtual. I think that's become bigger, will become bigger and bigger. What do you do with a community of people in Florida where there are 12 people that meet in front of a TV, but we're their church? What do you do with a community of people in L.A. that do the same? There's 60 of them. What, what, do, you, what do you do with them when they say, we're part of Marble? How do you provide pastoral care? Uh, what do you do when one of them's in the hospital? What do you do when, when one of them dies, what do you do when uh, one of them's daughter wants to get married and they want their pastor to do it, but they, their pastor, some guy they see on a screen from 2,000 miles away, mm-hmm. what do you do about stewardship, what do you do about uh, fellowship? So, you know, those are, <laughs> it's one of those things where you're sort of building the plane while you fly it, and um, all these, these absolutely incomprehensible blessings of, of becoming a global church. Uh, also bring all these challenges and questions we've never had to ask before. So that's part of our future is figuring out this gift that's been dropped in our laps. Uh how do we effectively use it? You know? That's a that's gonna be a huge and that's that's part of the future for for I think a lot of churches that have more than just a neighborhood uh clientele. Yeah, and then how does that affect your budgets? Well the uh the virtual part doesn't adversely affect the budget. It's it's an affordable ministry to do. It's not free. Yeah. We have a, a a great studio and a wonderful staff, but it's uh, it's it's affordable to to provide and produce. Uh, we you know we are wondering about how do you, how do you create a stewardship mentality uh, among people who live a long, long way away and are used to going on to their laptops and hitting YouTube or Pandora and getting stuff for free. Well, Mm -hmm. with church, you know, you kind of, the church is able to do what it's able to afford to do. So we also hope to engender greater stewardship in people uh, who aren't used to using their laptops to give back. A whole set of challenges, but, uh, I'm glad we got him. Yeah,
0: yeah. Are you able to take PayPal? I'm just kind of curious about that.
1: (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) We we have. a donate now yeah. icon on the screen, so I don't know where it goes to, I, but uh, but our business people would know. Well, that's <laughs> fabulous.
0: Well, fantastic. What what a pleasure. Thank you for joining me during this Thanksgiving week, a week of giving back, and thanks for giving all that you do. I
1: appreciate it, Jeff. Yeah, thank you so much. I am honored, and our church is honored that you would spend a few moments with us. So yeah. um, hope you'll have a happy Thanksgiving, and all the people who listen to you uh, may uh, may God bless you with something you didn't even anticipate. Well done. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. At the end of every show, you know what it is. I like to talk about the lessons that I learned, and I learned a lot. You know, first of all, I was going to ask the question, does religion have a place in business? And I I think it does. I think it does. It can be good for you. It can be bad for you, to, quite frankly. But I think it's always good to be grounded. But regardless of that, what were my lessons that I learned? I love some of the things he said. I love to listen to this guy, just his voice. But, you know, he said, be careful of the smallest details. The smallest details. It's always the little things that get you, not the big ones, the little ones. You know, with that little example he used about Bill Maher and people went jumped to conclusions that he was going to be negative, and yet here he was trying to be positive. And I like the other one. Did you catch this one? the extended pew. What's your extended pew? What is that extra audience out there that you don't know you're not getting or you need to go and get and you can get it through social media or you can get it through digital or you can get it through an email or you can get it through a, maybe a letter or you can get it through a, a, sign, or a, a bench, uh, sign or maybe a bench sign or maybe a sign on a bus or a digital display sign or or I don't know. Uh, what is your extended pew? I thought that was awesome. So those were my big takeaways for today. And I hope you had some takeaways. I know I'm very thankful for having him on the show, and I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful if you would also uh, recommend the show to others. Don't forget, this has been Jeffrey Hazlett right here on All Business, on CBS, um, Play.it, and iTunes, and anywhere else that you get a podcast. Please tell your friends to listen in.